0: Hello, my name is Chris Lally. I'm the executive director for Prevent Child Abuse Florida. In working with children and families for over 30 years in the field of child welfare, I find one truth stands out. Every person can play a role in protecting children and supporting families. Join me on the Pinwheel Podcast as I talk with other experts around the state about policies, practices, and programs that are making a difference right now for families in Florida. Hello everyone. This is Chris Lolly with Prevent Child Abuse Florida. Welcome to the Pinwheel Podcast. Today it's my pleasure to be joined by Zoe Linefeldt. Zoe, so glad to have you with me today. You've been behind the scenes with us a lot already. I know you're really getting indoctrinated. And this is your first CAP month, right?
1: It is. That's right, Chris. It's my first Child Abuse Prevention Month.
0: Yeah. We're really glad to have you. Um, I know that we've usually we've talked with a lot of our partners out in the field about different things that we know work to prevent abuse and neglect, like resource centers, community partnership schools, those kinds of things. But today, I appreciate the opportunity to, as you say, flip the script, Um, And be able to talk about Child Abuse Prevention Month, because even though it is January, it's never too early to talk about Child Abuse Prevention Month. And there's a lot of preparation that has to be done, a lot of uh, opportunities, really, for us to reach out to our partners in the field, so to speak, to be able to highlight the month and talk about what it means. And my favorite part, really which is to say, this gives us a chance to say to people, look, everybody can do something to help prevent abuse and neglect. And here's how you can do it. And that's part of what I know I'm looking forward to talking to everyone about today. So thank you for joining me. Oh,
1: thank you for welcoming me. So, like you said, if we can uh, flip the script a little bit and uh, you, as our usual host, well, uh, I'll now interview you. So, starting off, like you said, Child Abuse Prevention Month is uh, this coming April. I'm really excited to hear more from you about this important month and and all the efforts that you do, especially during April, but also throughout the year. Why is this issue uh, important to you personally?
0: Yeah, I think I appreciate the opportunity to answer it. That question, Zoe. Um, so, starting out my career as a protective investigator, um, I was the person who was always dropping the kids off when I had to remove them, which I tried to avoid, but just can't always do that. So, when you had to remove, I was the person who was dropping the child off or the kids off with a foster parent or with a relative. Um, a lot of times that was with a paper bag with some clothes in it, maybe a toothbrush, um, whatever I could gather to help them kind of feel at home in the new place that they were going to. Sometimes that might have been a, a favorite toy, a stuffed animal, something like that. But it never really dawned on me, Zoe, the impact on those kids until I did what I say crossed the fence and started working in foster care and adoptions. And when I did that, that really was an epiphany for me and, and made me think more about what, what are the effects on children when just if they're removed. And so I think what helped me consider that was to think about different situations that I've been in just being around people that I don't know that, you know, what do I do? How do I act? Um, Can I do this? Should I not do that? Um, And we all have a certain amount of social anxiety. I know, you know, but for kids who number one, don't have a choice and number two, are actually going to have to spend the night with those people that they just met. That really got me thinking about, you know, The best thing that we can do is to stop this from happening to start with. And if we can generate enough support for parents, for the people that the child is already living with, they're comfortable with them. Almost every child that I ever came into contact with wanted to stay with their parents. So, once I had those two experiences to put together, I began to think about hey, why don't we go upstream, as we say? And if we can provide the support, treatment, coaching, whatever it is that the child's parents need, then we can keep the child with his or her parents, keep the family intact. And that's the best place for children to be is with their parents, as long as they're safe. That's where we want them to be is with their parents. So it means a lot to me from the perspective of just wanting what's best for kids. But it also means a lot to me in terms of just who I am and what I think that we should be doing to help parents and kids have their best life for for children to be healthy happy, you know, carefree, whatever you want to call it. So thank you. It it really does mean a lot to be able to work in prevention instead of waiting for something to happen and reacting to it afterwards.
1: Tell me about Child Abuse Prevention Month.
0: Well, Child Abuse Prevention Month has been celebrated every year since 1983. Um, You might not have been alive then, (laughs) I was alive then, right out of high school. Uh, President Reagan proclaimed April as Child Abuse Prevention Month back in 1983. And as I was alluding to earlier, I think what CAP Month, as we call it, does is gives us a chance to raise awareness, not just of the fact that child abuse and neglect exists, which most people know that it does, but as I said, what can be done to stop it before it starts. So we focus in April especially, not like we don't do this year-round. But April gives us a chance to focus on maximizing our collective impact by working through our partners, organizing events, helping them facilitate those events, contributing where we can. Sometimes that's going to be a family fair day. Sometimes that's going to be an event at a school. Sometimes that's going to be something that gives those providers in a given community an opportunity to interact with parents. So some of the things that we do during April are are focused on those kind of things. We really shift our focus to our partners, our friends, our colleagues, and get them to focus on prevention as opposed to what we're used to doing way too many months out of the year waiting for something bad to happen and responding afterwards. In April, we get to focus on what we want for children. And what we want is for them to have a healthy, happy, safe childhood, free from adverse childhood experiences, full of positive childhood experiences, because we know those will help foster their growth, their healthy development, mentally and physically, but also emotionally and socially too.
1: So what sort of things do you do in April for this campaign?
0: Well, one of the biggest things we do is we provide a toolkit. um, And I'd just be, you know, glad to say that those are tools that we share at no cost with our partners. Some of them are just posts for social media. Some of them are talking points about prevention. Some of them are, you can go as far as... Having the art available for if you wanted to do signs or even a billboard, Uh, we have those things available in our national toolkit and in our Florida toolkit. So we do a lot of things throughout the year to educate, inform our partners, inform the public about what works to prevent abuse and neglect. But especially in April, we actually get to spend time with our partners co-hosting those family fun days or children's days. And we take advantage of every chance we get to make sure we get our resources into the hands of parents and caregivers. Resources like our parent and advocacy guides. They got a wealth of information in them on about how to parent, you know, you you and I joke and, and we've always talked about how there's no book for how to be a parent. We think we have something that comes fairly close. Is it going to answer every question? No. Is it going to predict every situation? No. But it does give you some things to do in some difficult circumstances like potty training or how to cope with a crying baby, things like that. But we also emphasize what those things are that people are already doing to prevent abuse and neglect. So we just want them to do more, we tell them. We talk about things like just being a good neighbor, offering help when you sense that it's needed, or even making it known to those in your orbit, so to speak, that might be reluctant to ask for help, that it's okay to ask for help, and that everybody needs help sometimes. And I'll add to that, only in April... Do we get to partner with people like the Florida Trucking Association who provide us with a 90-foot rolling billboard to help advertise events and to draw attention to our messaging about noticing kids in trouble, noticing when parents need help, families need help, and being willing to offer that help, willing to help make connections to resources or to other people that might be able to help? And we also get to talk about organizations that are already out there offering assistance with things like food, clothing, shelter. We call those concrete needs. But we also have a chance to talk about how important social connections are, how important emotional support is for parents and caregivers. And we get to do that throughout the month of April in a variety of settings with a lot of different partners. So it's, it's really fun.
1: Yeah, it sounds like we'll be pretty busy in April. (laughs) And uh, throughout the rest of the year, what sort of things do you do to continue this work?
0: Yeah, well, what we're out to accomplish really is to have a year-round campaign, so to speak. Um, So we don't get to do our public service announcement year-round. But what we do have, I mentioned one of the things that we provide a few minutes ago, and that is... We have the parent or caregiver guides that that I mentioned, and we distribute thousands of those uh, every year. We also have brochures and tip sheets on safe sleep, or like I said a while ago, how to cope with a crying baby. And we also distribute a lot of materials on water safety. And you know, Zoe, we also play host to the Circle of Parents uh, program, which is a peer-led support group model uh, for anyone who's interested in starting one or getting training. We do that as well as most recently we've started this Pinwheel podcast where we've gotten to where we've gotten to talk with a number of various partners like I mentioned earlier. We we partnered with people in the in the Suncoast region, our partners at Juvenile Welfare Board down there to talk about safe sleep. I mentioned our partners at at Children's Home Society and the Community Partnership Schools, Partnership for Strong Families. And we also, of course, had a chance to talk about healthy families and what healthy families can do with parents, especially those parents who might be new to parenting or first-time parents, who can actually go into the home with the parents, sit on the floor with them, help them understand the needs of their baby, the needs of their children, and then help them come up with ways to meet those needs or to ensure that those needs are met.
1: How long have you been with Prevent Child Abuse Florida, Chris?
0: Uh, October was seven years.
1: So do you have a a favorite memory or a highlight from a past Child Abuse Prevention Month? I
0: I do, (laughs) I do. I've got a lot of great memories and, and really enjoy being out there with our partners and, and getting to meet the families that they work with. But one of my favorite memories came from my first time doing this, Well, and, and it was in uh, Broward County where they do a great job. The uh, Broward Children's Services Council does one of those family day events that I mentioned a while ago. They do other events throughout the year, for that matter. Uh, They talk about safer by four, uh, talk about drowning prevention and, and safe sleep, too. But at this particular event, I was approached by a man who, frankly, Zoe seemed really desperate. And he told me that he had just been awarded custody of his three boys, They were removed from their mother. The court awarded him custody. But he had, at that time, he was actually living in a very small apartment where he lacked some housekeeping items that we kind of all take for granted sometimes, like beds for the boys to sleep in, food, money to buy food, clothing. So, you know, things that we kind of take for granted sometimes sometimes. He really needed help with those things. And thankfully, I was able to connect him with some local folks there on site that took him around the various tables that were there to meet all those community service providers that were representing themselves, their agencies, at the event. And by the time he left, he tracked me down to make sure that I knew That he had indeed gotten the help that he needed, but not just with those basics that I mentioned, but also he knew his kids. He knew those boys were going to need to talk to someone. They were going to need some counseling. And so he was able to go ahead on that site at that time, at that moment, make arrangements for he and the boys to be able to get all the help that they needed, well, maybe not all of it, but to get a lot of help, and I could see the relief in his eyes, and I'll never forget what I I would describe as seeing hope return to his eyes when he when he was getting ready to leave that day. That was that's one of my favorite things that's happened to me while I've been out in the field.
1: What do you wish more people knew about? Preventing abuse and neglect.
0: Really, what I want people to know about preventing abuse and neglect is, I mentioned this earlier, a lot of people are doing things already that contribute to prevention. Folks going around being good neighbors, noticing when people need help, noticing when their neighbors need help, noticing when there's a need in a community So people are doing things like being big brothers, big sisters, mentoring uh, kids, but also mentoring parents, mentoring families, or, of course, an individual child or a parent that they've taken under their wing. People are out there doing a lot of different things, and we want to just encourage people to continue to do those things, like being a youth group leader, teaching Sunday school coaching little league, being a big brother, big sister, guardian ad litem, all those things contribute to the support of families and children, not just to prevent abuse or neglect, but just to support families, lower stress, and keep them all together, especially in times of need or when they're in distress.
1: And it's really great that, you know, you can you can scale however much time you have, however much energy you have, whether it's, you know, volunteering in a more structured way or as we have in our uh, our materials for advocacy guide. Just stopping a parent and telling them what a good job they're doing at the grocery store. Yes. Or reassuring them that, you know, you're here to help them. Do you need a hand with your groceries? Mm-hmm. There's so many small things day to day that everyone can do.
0: Absolutely.
1: So how can people get involved with supporting families in their communities?
0: Yeah, that's, that's the question, right? I mentioned that a lot of people are doing things already. If, if you find yourself with wanting to do something or wondering maybe, what is it that I can do? I say all the time, we talk about all the time, we can all play a role in preventing abuse and neglect. Some of those ways I just mentioned, but there's a lot of other ways. And Zoe, sometimes I think, you know, we, we forget about number one. You know, we we all need to make sure that we're exercising good self-care. As you may have heard and as I have heard, you can't give from an empty cup. So we all need to make sure that we get our cups refilled. And, you know, the other things that, that get mentioned a lot in terms of what can people do, knowing the signs of abuse or neglect, knowing how to recognize when a family might be in trouble or when a child might be in trouble. You know, it's the old see something, say something, eat it. But in addition to those things, people can always volunteer in their communities. I mentioned a lot of them already. But they can also start a support group for parents. I mentioned Circle of Parents. We'd be glad to provide the training and support that people need to be able to have. Parents have a place to gather To talk about not just what the crisis of the day is, but sometimes, you know, you have to address what the needs are at that moment. But really, more to give them an opportunity to be around someone who might have more experience and might be able to help them do some problem solving around potty training or whatever it is. also people can just donate to community agencies or donate to programs that provide services that support families in that community. That's just another way that people can be involved, can support the efforts that that we're promoting during April. And if people want to know more, they can go to preventchildabusefl.org and there's a lot of ways that we keep on there that people can, can do. Like, you know, if, if you can provide someone who may be stressed out about finance or money, some get them some economic assistance, or even people who are struggling with substance abuse, uh, those folks can use a lot of help, and they, uh, they, they are frequently the ones that wind up needing the most help. So we just want to encourage people to recognize those agencies in your community that are already helping people and support them.
1: And what is the number one thing that you hope listeners take away from this episode, Chris?
0: Well, you mentioned the word hope. Um, I hope people know that there is hope that there are people out there that want to help. They are able to help. And then Asking for help when you need it isn't a sign of weakness, but one of strength. As I mentioned earlier, everybody needs help every now and then, and it's okay to offer help too because really one person, one caring adult can be the difference in a life of a child. One caring adult can really help a child get to the point where he or she um, can move on with their life, get the help that they need, and be happy and healthy. We talk a lot about adverse childhood experiences or those bad things that happen to children, but what we really want to stress is that we hope children can have what we call positive childhood experiences. And, And people say, well, isn't that what childhood is about? Well, not for every child, it's not. And the difference one caring adult can make is a very powerful thing. I'll give you an example from my own childhood. I was so lucky, Zoe, growing up in the family that I did, having the parents that I had. um, You know, was my childhood perfect? No. But I also had another caring adult in my life that made a significant difference in my life. Because... There were times when maybe I didn't do exactly what it was that I was supposed to do. Maybe I forgot. Maybe there was something I would rather do than what I was supposed to do. So in those times, I was lucky to have my grandmother. And so no matter what, I knew I could go to my mom. as As I called her, she didn't want to be called grandmother. That was made her sound old, she said. But I could go to Ma and I could say, "Ma, this is terrible, and you know I could be crying or whatever, you know, I was so distraught, you know. And I'll never forget those times because I'll tell you about one particular time that I remember being so distraught and overwhelmed. And of course, she'd listen to me, let me cry and tell her whatever I wanted to tell her, how unfair my dad was being or whatever it was. Um, but she had a swing on her front porch. And there were times when she would let me get in the swing with her. I was a little boy and I could lay my head in her lap. And just the fact that I could do that And she would take her fingers and run them through my hair, you know, and just soothe me. I knew then everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be all right, you know. So those kind of things are special. And I think those are the kind of things that we want children to have those experiences. So... That's just one example from from my childhood that I think is worth mentioning since we want to talk about the positive experiences we want for children.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. uh, Is there anything else that you'd like to add?
0: Well, yeah, I'd just like to encourage everybody, if you want more information, go to our website, PreventChildAbuseFL.org, and you can contact those local service agencies to find out what's being done in your area, how you can help in your area, and watch for ads for April when there will be a lot of things going on across the state that will give you an opportunity to find out more about how to prevent abuse and neglect.
1: Thank you, Chris. I've really enjoyed hearing your uh, your insight and what you're looking forward to this coming April.
0: Thank you, Zoe.
1: Thank you for listening to the Pinwheel Podcast. Hope for Florida's Families. To contact us or learn more, visit PreventChildAbuseFL.org.